Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new edition of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. It's episode number 85, October the 6th, 2021. And the event that we'll be discussing today, myself, Rob Howden, and David Cole, uh, the largest uh, Briggs & Stratton 206 race, essentially in the history of the, of the 206 program, uh, the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals from Newcastle Motorsports Park. Uh, lots to dive into this. A, a tremendous weekend. Weather played a part again, but uh, looking forward to getting this report from David Cole. Uh, this week's show presented by Briggs Racing. Briggs & Stratton is powering operation grassroots around the world. No other engine manufacturer is getting new and returning drivers to the car track like the Briggs 206. The out-of-the-box performance of the Briggs 206 provides the most fun, excitement, and reliability of any karting engine on the global market. Learn more about the 206 engine uh, history and all the history behind the Briggs & Stratton's century-long commitment to motorsports at www.briggsandstratton.com. Briggs & Stratton Racing, what powers you? All right, David Cole, you were trackside. Let's uh, let's dive into this thing. Uh, massive event. Uh, had a ton of momentum coming in. The Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals Five. Yeah, you pretty much uh, wrapped up the uh, go, the the overview. Uh, you know that it's it was the largest Briggs and Stratton yeah. only event in North America and around the world. Uh, probably one of the largest karting events we'll have all season uh, in terms of sprint racing. That is obviously yeah. road racing is a little bit different. Uh, but yeah, in terms of sprint racing, yeah, probably the biggest race of the season. Uh, you know, it, again, we talked about, it's kind of like the runoffs where we get people from all over the country, uh, one international driver, one from Bermuda. So that was our only international driver, nobody from Canada, unfortunately. Uh, so that's something we'll talk about a little bit later in the, in the post, uh, in the wrap up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just, it just had that feel, you know, we've talked about, we talked about it in the, in the outlap preview podcast about just how kind of unique and special this event is growing to be. Yeah. Big time you know, over the, you know, the first couple ones started rolling. People were getting excited about it. Hey, this is kind of going to be our big two Oh six race. There really wasn't a big, big two Oh six race only event kind of spitting off everything that the guys at cup carts, North America were doing. And then again, numbers breed numbers, David, you and I talk about it all the time. It's people start coming in and all of a sudden, Hey, this, this master's field's 30 guys. Well, I got to go. Or, hey, the juniors are at four, uh, 35. Oh, we got to go. So uh, the fear of missing out most definitely playing. Of, hey, for me, I wasn't able to be there, for God's sakes. Um, Not in person. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my God. We'll talk about that, too. Uh, so, folks, the race we're talking about, of course, happened this past weekend, September 30th to October 3rd at Newcastle Motorsports Park, the fifth running of the Grand Nationals. Uh, David, you could talk weather, but uh, I, I know I was in mid-Ohio, so I was like three hours drive time uh, east of you. So everything you were getting, I was getting as well. Eventually, uh, we had perfect, a perfect days on Thursday and Friday at mid Ohio for the road dandy finale. You guys were awesome as well on, on Thursday and Friday. Yeah. It felt like a summer. It yeah. felt like literally we were in there. We were just there in August for the summer, uh, super national, excuse me, supercar USA pro tour summer nationals. And it kind of felt like that without the humidity. Uh, sun sun was shining you know it was you know you're sweating your butt off in in the seat and in the pits you know wrenching away it was uh so you had you know shade was a good thing to find uh come friday afternoon you know during qualifying sessions but uh 
that all changed obviously october weather actually anytime you're in indiana you're gonna find rain but uh, <laughs> right. uh rain was on and off throughout saturday and sunday thankfully it was still warmer temperatures it wasn't that cold rain yeah. that we've had before uh in, in in the two previous events at the uh at the grand national so all, all in all you know at least warm temperatures kept us from freezing our butts off but uh <laughs> we did get that uh on and off rain which kept things interesting throughout saturday and sunday's racing yeah as i'm trying to kind of watch what you guys were doing you know following your coverage and, and everybody was posting on social media i'm like man here we go it's rain tires it's it's dry, it's slicks it's rains it's you got to roll the dice and that Back. obviously and back forth. and forth. Isn't that the shittiest back way to do it? And right? forth. Yeah. If you're gonna rain, just rain. You don't rain need it. to tell me it's shitty. I know yeah. exactly why it was shitty. <laughs> True. I was in a nice warm booth the entire weekend. Hilarious. Well, All I right. just meant the fact yeah. of choosing the wrong direction. You did the go the wrong direction. direction. Yes. When we get to the masters category, you can lament the fact that you uh, you chose. Poorly. Poorly. Uh, let's look at by the numbers, as we always do in these debrief podcasts. Back in 2019, the event that I was able to attend, uh, 281 entries, uh, a slight bump, even with even amidst COVID, the slight bump uh, to 296. Uh, but what 374, 374 entries? I think you've logged down as qualifying uh, this particular weekend. That's, that's massive. The, the bump to get, when we talked about potentially 300 and wow, maybe 350 and man, 374 without any Canadians, as you said, this thing's got all the earmarks of a 500 entry event coming up in a couple of years. Yeah. The report was 404 entries and that was before the cancellation. So, uh, a number of people ended up canceling their, uh, trip to, uh, Newcastle. So, Again, our total is based off those that were counted towards qualifying. Yeah, the uh, two biggest classes, the senior medium category at 63, uh, the junior category at 62. Junior actually bumping up about uh, 14 from last year. Senior medium actually dropping down 10 uh, from 73 to 63. A couple categories, David, in the 50s, including the sportsman class, the senior light class. You guys in Masters got pretty close at 47. Yeah, nearly got to that 50 mark. Uh, again, we were I think we were there at the preview when we talked about it yeah. uh, in our outlap, uh, but a couple cancellations there. Uh, new for this year was the Legends Division, which uh, was 50 years old and up. And so that uh, made its debut at 38, That's which awesome, was a, wow. a solid number. Again, you had some drivers doing both Masters and Legends uh, and then some just doing Legends. So I mean, that's... That helped in boost the, the I think the uh, the numbers because a lot of these guys were just tired of racing the Masters division and wanted to just kind of be in their own group uh, with the with the uh, over fifty crowd. Yeah, and, and again, good numbers for for the kid cart category over double from last year at eighteen, senior medium at forty one, all told three hundred and seventy four. Uh, uh, entries posted in qualifying. Great numbers, great uh, way to continue this upward momentum. And David, the bottom line is um, this thing's just going to keep growing. People are going to get more excited about it. You'll talk about the race weekend itself, but everything I was able to glean from what I saw on social media, everybody really, really happy. No red flags, I think, either, right? Yeah, that, that's something that, yeah, is uh, amazing. I think everybody kind of kept their heads on. Uh, wet weather kind of helps with that, you know, because when when you're racing in the wet it's it's very it's much more difficult to uh 
to get the the harder impacts yeah four uh, that, speeds. You, that yeah. you see that we saw you know in the last couple of years at the grand nationals where guys were just kind of overdriving uh their their uh, capabilities but uh yeah so yeah no red flag i they did have a couple incidents here and there a couple of medical people getting checked out just you know but no actual stoppage of racing no ambulance rolling um yeah all in all a pretty safe weekend uh, aside from bikes in the paddocks, which were um, uh, a bit of an issue uh, throughout the weekend. And, and and thankfully, they stopped that Sunday as much as they could. But uh, again, you know, I'm going to be the old man to get off my lawn type scenario here. And just the fact that we don't need these, this with the best amount of entries, we don't need bicycles just rolling around for no reason whatsoever agreed yeah yeah i agree agree too many people in that paddock uh bottom line by the numbers 74 in uh 374 in total uh, a strong strong uh, year for this cup carts north america grand nationals uh, and again uh, things moving upwards so expect even more uh, in 2022 uh time to jump into our first uh, break of the action here folks when we get back we'll go into the paddock pass david will give us some of the information based on what happened throughout the paddock as well uh, not on, on track, but actually inside the paddock and what was happening. We'll get back to that. Lots more to come here on this edition of The Debrief. Wins at the sport's biggest races and championships across all levels of karting make up the resume for Nitro Kart. The Nitro Kart has made its statement as the best, fastest, and most reliable cadet chassis on the North American karting market. The 2021 Cadet is the evolution of that success, featuring the latest development and components to put you at the front. If you want to win in Cadet, get a Nitro Kart and join the team. The Nitro Kart Cadet claimed five victories at the Scusa Pro Tour, including the Mini Swift Championship in 2020. At the United States Pro Kart Series, Nitro Kart Cadet earned five wins and 14 podiums in mini and micro competition. For a second straight year, Nitro Kart won the U.S. Rotax Grand Nationals in the Minimax division, bringing the title total to four in four years. If you've seen it on track, it certainly caught your eye. Dominating the four-cycle world is the Nitro Kart Lefty Chassis. The chassis is designed for the Briggs & Stratton 206 engine with a left side mount for better weight distribution. The Lefty is available in cadet and full-size frames. The Nitro Kart Lefty won the CKNA Grand Nationals 4 in both sportsman and junior categories, with fast time in qualifying for the senior division. Drivers with the Lefty were ranked number one in the Briggs & Stratton Weekly Racing Series for junior and cadet divisions. Team Nitro Kart will be at all major events in 2021 with programs tailored to every driver's needs. Focused on driver development, the cadet program under Team Nitro Kart has helped develop some of today's stars, including Brent Cruz, Parker DeLong, Ben Mayer, and Spencer Conrad. Visit NitroCard online and find them on Facebook and Instagram. You can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market, but when you're carding to win, it boils down to one thing, you, the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, and you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Allen Rudolph, with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport, including other disciplines of racing. The Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area, 
is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. Classes at the academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses, to their advanced one-day and two-day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Welcome back to episode 85 of the EKN Debrief. Is David Cole uh, taking us on a deep dive into uh, this past weekend's Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals, fifth edition of the race. We'll jump now into the Paddock Pass, or we'll talk about more things that happened uh, away from the racetrack itself. Uh, this edition of the Paddock Pass presented by Franklin Motorsports. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and they can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. They specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, and of course, their championship-winning Merlin chassis. They've been supplying racers with start-to-finish support at race events for years, from providing a helping hand in a weekend test outing or a club event to full arrive-and-drive packages at the highest level of karting competition. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. All right, David, paddock pass time. This usually gets started the minute you roll in there and, and walk through the doors. People start chatting away about what's going on. Uh, a lot of things happening about the weekend itself. Schedules announced for next year. Uh, lot, it's, it's, it's the big race, right? So it's the finale for Cup Carts North America. So much to talk about with the new year coming and the event itself. Well, the event itself was kind of the, uh, the kind of opening talking point uh, when you were around the paddock. Uh, especially with the new format that uh, included an unofficial practice on Thursday. Previous events of the Grand Nationals, there wasn't really much of anything going on Thursday aside from some move-in. Yeah. And then and then unofficial practice was on Friday before they had official practice on Saturday. Now it's become a f- essentially a four-day event with the, the unofficial practice this year on Thursday. Uh, allowed dr- drivers to get four sessions in on that day again, run by the racetrack, not the not the series itself. Uh, and then official practice beginning Friday morning with three rounds for each category before we moved into the qualifying sessions at the end of the day. Uh, with the the, the kind of change in the format that adjusted kind of the format of the racing itself. Previously, there were three heat races where this year they moved to just two heat races. Uh, so that was that was kind of a, a little bit of a talking point. And, uh, you know, yes, they extended the heat race laps a little bit to kind of compensate for the loss of the third heat mm-hmm. and then kind of extended the uh, the main events one or two laps longer as well, too. So essentially, you're getting the same amount of track time, uh, just not as many sessions uh, when you when you look at it as heating. Yeah or for the heat races. And then also, you know, last year we saw the breakup into heat groups uh, with sportsmen, junior and senior medium. They did that again for 2021. Uh, We thought it was going to be more categories, but thankfully, you know, with the way the numbers uh, panned out, 
Um, those were the only three divisions that were broken up into those heat groups. So essentially what they did is they took the qualifying order. They put all the odd finishers into one heat group and then all the even finishers in the other heat group and let them run twice. And again, the way the heat formats are for, for the grand nationals progressive. So you start where you qualify in heat one, but then you start heat two, where you finish from heat one. So that uh, that is a little bit different than than that two heat race format that we're typically used yeah, to. Yeah. But they still add up the points after each each of the heat races to kind of position you in the main event. Oh, okay, really interesting. All right. Yeah. So that's so it ended the progression after heat two. So they still took your heat points. So yeah, if you finished, you know, first and third, you get your points for first and third, and that's where you line up for Yeah, the weird thing is you could literally, you you could start last in your heat in the first heat race and finish 15th, and then go on and win the second heat race from 15th, and still probably start, you know, 14th or 15th in the grid right which is kind of weird yeah, it, would, it would be like well yeah. when you they obviously they use different point structure for the heats where you know we're used to getting the points that you get for position so yeah that would be like 16 points in a normal kind of uh thing where yeah they do the, they do the opposite you get the more points you get for finishing first though they do like 100 down to, to whatever they do so 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 how they how they line things up for sunday so yeah, based on based on those points that you get over the two heat races, they'll line you up for the main events on on Sunday. And what was what? How much racing was on Sunday? You guys get a warm up? Uh yeah, uh yeah, um, last chance qualifiers for the sportsman junior and senior senior medium divisions. Um, Forty were included for the main event for sportsmen. So the top thirty in points continued on. All the rest went in the LCQ for 10 positions moving qualifying into the main event junior and senior medium it was top 40 in the points were automatically in and the last 10 were gained from the last chance qualifiers in those races so all the lcqs were done beforehand and then the right then the full field warm-ups were taking place uh before the main events began uh sunday afternoon all right let's, let's talk layout you you and i talked a lot about it obviously uh, they came up with a brand new track, track 50, a new kind of layout for the, uh, for the, for the event, uh, you know, rolling past instead of going left to turn four, you're going right into the oval, but then, then clockwise around the oval, then a, a left-hander to get up on, onto the, onto the, uh, ski jump challenging layout. David, what are your thoughts on it? You got a chance to drive it. So we're like, you know, literally going to the guy that drove it. What are your, what were your thoughts? Yeah, a lot more challenging than uh, the previous layout for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, the national layout's obviously a fan favorite. Um, and that, as you said, that left-hander they took away was probably one of my favorite corners cause it kind of set up a pass, yeah. uh, going into what I believe is green corner. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it, the ski jump certainly kind of was a marking point, uh, on every lap. Uh, some drivers would go in differently. You know, that was kind of the thing you'd, you kind of watch how drivers would go through. You certainly had to have a cart that would handle the bumps because there was there were some bumps uh going through that transition before you drop down the hill mm-hmm. uh that was uh that was a bit challenging and it was actually interesting in the rain um all that section because it's not utilized was pretty much the the dry line in yeah the i was wet. gonna say yep no, uh, no rubber down right there was yeah. no rubber down um you know only what we put down but mm-hmm. not like what you see on the national layout so even through the cut through there between the two long straightaways, that was that was pretty much a dry line in the wet. So 
it made for some some interesting racing um I like the layout. It was good. Uh, you know, the, the ski jump wasn't as bad, you know, as what you see with like the shifters or the <laughs> X thirties, yeah. because again, you're coming, you're coming through a corner before you hit that. So it's not like you're going through there at, at, uh, you know, 65 miles an hour That's or it. even faster than, than what you see with the shifters and that. But, uh, it's certainly set up for, for some good passing zones, certainly made some, for some bumper to bumper action, uh, through that section, but, uh, you know, and again, the rest of the racetrack, uh, a lot of good different passing opportunities, um, going through, as you talked about making that transition from national to the oval, that was probably one of the sketchiest areas because, you know, you, you, you come out of turn three and you keep it, keep it as wide as you can. Normally you would cut back to the right to set up for the left-hander for turn four, yep. where you don't have to make that quick you know, jot back to the right where you can gradually drive over to the right to set up for that turn left onto the oval where, but that turn left on the oval is basically a, a, a one lane, uh, area because it's I not a very, so. yeah. it's not a very wide area for, uh, for pavement, but you know, guys were making passes there. Um, some in the grass, some, some <laughs> just, uh, again, guys were taking different lines on the exit even too. Some were drifting it way wide. Some were, were kind of cutting it narrow. So it made for uh, some interesting lines through there. But uh, overall, I think it was a, a very challenging circuit. And, um, you know, I, I have some ideas of what I think I'd like to see them try for next year. But I think if they keep that section in, I think that'll be good. Uh, aside from the racetrack, some, some news uh, dropping in the paddock, of course, uh, Greg Jasperson and Steve Vermeer using the, uh, the event as an opportunity to announce the 2022 schedules and uh, the return of Grand Nationals, of course, the return of the Spring Nationals. But they did they had a new race uh, over the actually New Year's Eve weekend, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, it's a unique uh, opportunity for four cycle racers to go racing. And ironically, the schedule kind of works out to where it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday type scenario. Uh, December 31st through January 2nd, uh, they're going to host the first ever winter nationals, uh, at the 103rd street sports complex in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, essentially that will be the opening round for the South South division, which okay. is, uh, managed by Brett Spotty of the, uh, Bushnell motorsports park. He's yep. part of the, uh, you know, helping to organize and keep things down there. So Brett was actually on hand too. It was, it was kind of unique. We, we were watching this banner getting put up on a fence and it was Greg and Brett putting it up uh, together. So it was quite unique. And, you know, obviously it was kind of a, just a kind of a shock moment because nobody really knew anything about it. And they were just here, here's the schedule. This is what we're doing. <laughs> well, it's, it's very interesting, right? Cause normally there would be a press release and we'd be getting on e-cardinals. We'd be posting it up and whatever. Greg, this, yeah. Greg does not kinda, like to do things normal. <laughs> this is old, kind of old school almost, right? It's kind of like it an is. old school deal. Here we're going guys. <laughs> here's a banner. It is. Uh, but so, uh, yeah. So the, yeah. so the winter nationals, that'll be unique because one of the things you think of when you're thinking of that time of the year uh, WK Daytona cart week. Yep. Well, Daytona cart week ends December 30th. So there's some racers that have the opportunity to do three days of racing in Daytona and then boom, go up to Jacksonville and race for three days up in Jacksonville. So six yeah. straight days of racing 
two different uh, racetracks and two different organizations. Yeah, 103rd Street Sports Complex, the event for the Winter Nationals. The Spring Nationals going back to Charlotte Motor Speedway on March the 4th, 5th, and 6th. The Grand Nationals 6th for uh, September 29th to October 2nd back at Newcastle Motorsports Park. And, David, not just that these, these kind of one-off events, but they also rolled out the schedule for both the CKNA North program and the South program. Yeah, well, let's start with the South since I said uh, yep. the Winter Nationals will open up as the opening round for that program. The third round will actually be the Spring Nationals. So this is going to be more of a, a, a true Southern division where last year all the races were held in Florida. This year yep. it's going to one, two, three different states in four races. Uh, so round three will be at Charlotte with the Spring Nationals. Round two will actually be in February 4th through the 6th at Monticello uh, cart track, I believe in Northern part of Florida. Up yeah, it's up, near, up in the uh, panhandle, right? I, I, I want to say it's not quite in the panhandle, but in the Northern part, kind of like between uh, Jacksonville and the Gulf coast, kind of, okay. kind of in between that no man's land area, uh, North and well, well North of well North of Ocala. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, spring Nats will be round three. Round four will be May 13th through the 15th at NOLA Motorsports Park. So heading over mm. to Louisiana. So maybe possibly trying to get some of those Texas drivers to be part of the program as well. Um, again, this is kind of a true Southern division with all the different uh, racetracks that they will be following. And they also mentioned a possible fifth round to be added with uh, information to be uh, announced at a later time. Interesting. Uh, and you're right, Dave, because obviously last last year with the launch of the South Series, it was a Florida-only series. So this kind of expands out, as you said, uh, into, Char in, into North Carolina, into Northern Florida as well, in, in, as well into uh, Louisiana. So, yeah, most definitely a, a more Southern program. That's a little more travel. Good stuff. Yeah, and the Northern Division, uh, kind of very similar to what we've seen before. Uh, four different rounds at uh, at tracks very familiar yet the first round opening round not yet uh named will be on april 22nd through the 24th so that'll open up the division for the north division for 2022 uh june 10th through the 12th will be the concept haulers motor speedway as the second round uh before heading to shano wisconsin on july 8th through the 10th and then everything will wrap up on August 12th through the 14th at Michiana Raceway Park in South Bend, Indiana. Nice, nice. Uh, so there's a lot. There's some paddock pads information. Well, let's just touch on this to cap on off the paddock pass before we roll into uh, our next break and come back with our first race report. Dude, you made me laugh. Uh, Marshall and Stacy Gunn, whoever came up with Flat Rob Howden, dude, I laughed all weekend long. I'm literally looking at my social media. And I'm getting tagged in all these photos. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I'm like, <laughs> like oh, my God, here we go. That was uh, that was interesting. I, I was there. I was there in spirit, which is good. Yeah, you were there in spirit. Yeah, Stacy and, and Marshall were really upset that you you couldn't be there to hashtag get beat by David Cole. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so, yeah, so Stacy thought of the idea of why don't we get why don't we get a billboard cut out of, uh, of oh Rob? Yeah, God. it might not have been 100% accurate. Or full uh, size, like my God. In terms, in terms <laughs> of height, but it was still, you know, kind of had to do with the photos that uh, we actually had a full size image of you, and uh, and that was a perfect one. Everybody's like, "Where's his arm?" I said, "Well, it's you have to you. be, yeah, you have to be, you have to put your arm around Rob <laughs> to take the photo." So finally, finally, people started to understand that a little more when we when we were posting the photos. So. Well, the photos from you and I at Rock Island, isn't it? 
that's the shot. It is. It's it's yeah. what? Oh man, seven yeah. year old photo. Yeah, you were driving the uh, victory cart that weekend, I think. Yes, correct. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yep. but couldn't they at least maybe as tall as Rusty Ferguson? No, I I think it was much better that you were shorter because. <laughs> You know, it made AJ Roderick and, and Jamie Bradford and all those, oh you know, God. all those short guys happier because you were, you were, you know, and, and rusty a little yeah. bit, a little bit shorter, a little bit on the, uh, well, more like a, like an Italian test cart guy, you know, like a little five foot two guy that would run an Italian cart. Yeah. The, the belly didn't show that. No. What are you talking? <laughs> I look really good in that picture. Actually. Give me a break. Uh, all right, folks, let's go to a break. When we get back. It's time to start talking about these races. Stay with us. More to come. Here on The Debrief. Hey, West Coast Carters. We've hit the halfway point in the season, and it's time to get down to business with the stretch run. If you're a carter in NorCal, don't miss the last two races of the KPX Carding Championship. We hit a bit of a bump with our schedule on our venues, so we're thrilled to be finishing off our 2021 season with a pair of races with the Durbin family at the awesome Prairie City Kart Track in Rancho Cordova, California. The KPX program gets back on track on September 25th and 26th at Prairie City, and then we're back with our season finale there on October 9th and 10th, which is right before the IKF Sprint Grand Nationals. This will be the ideal opportunity to test before taking your run at the iconic Duffy Trophy. The KPX Karting Championship is the regional program for Briggs 206 and IAMI KA100 competition in California. We welcome all carters to come to challenge themselves against the best in the state while having an awesome experience along the way. For more information, visit www.kpxkarting.com and we hope to see everyone at Prairie City. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. Welcome back to episode 85 of the EKN Debrief, our race report podcast detailing Grand Nationals number six for the Cup Carts North America crew. Uh, let's jump into the race report right now. David Cole, of course, was trackside uh, with our EKN coverage, but also raced throughout the weekend. Uh, this race report presented by Cart Sport North America. The Cart Republic is here and it just keeps on winning. Cart Sport North America is the country's importer and distributor of the Cart Republic chassis, and it's a leader in American karting. They're focused on providing stability for the sport and quality products and service for the community. The Cart Republic senior and junior chassis are on fire, and so is the Mini Cart, which has won in SCUSA, USBKS, and WKA competition. For more information, contact Cart Sport North America, where they offer top quality products, winning brands, and professional driver development services. 
All right, David, in this particular group, we've got, uh, what, three classes you're going to hit on. You are going to rock through the uh, senior classes, medium, light, and heavy. Let's start with medium, 63 entries in total. Yeah, certainly the headline division, the last class in the order. So it was the kind of the main event uh, as we wrapped up the Grand Nationals on Sunday and uh, certainly provided some fireworks there at the end. Uh, to begin things, Brandon Chargercrack, who we knew was going to be among the front runners all weekend long, making his event debut, uh, set fast time and qualifying with a 117.149, able to edge out his uh, Coyote teammate, Pauly Massimino, uh, with uh, North Division champion Mick Gabriel in third. Uh, when it came to the heat races, again, split up based on odd qualifying and even qualifying uh, two different rounds. Uh, Colin Warren was the only driver to win both of his heat races, winning both in the wet and heat one. And then in the dry and heat two, uh, Gary Lawson and Jar Brandon Jarzakrak were the other two, uh, heat race winners. So, uh, the two heat wins gave Colin Warren the pole position for the main event with, uh, Brandon Jarzakrak alongside him on the front row, uh, Gary Lawson and Paulie Massimino rounding out the second row with Adrian Cruz and Matt Winfrey in row three. Uh, Cruz is the notable one. He actually jumped out to the lead early on in the main event, uh, starting from that fifth position. He and Colin Warren were kind of able to break away there through the middle part of the event. Um, but as the laps wind down, they began to fight, uh, which allowed Gary Lawson and Brandon Jarzakrak to close up back in. Uh, coming to the white flag, this is when kind of the fireworks really, really began. Lawson actually went from third entering the scoreboard to leading at the white flag, going from third to first in just a matter of two corners, uh, got out to a kind of a good lead, got a really big jump there at the white flag, but uh, Warren and Jarzakrak were able to run him, run them both down. Uh, Warren did the over and under at the scoreboard uh, to kind of set up a side-by-side -side between them two going down into the final corner. As they came out of the final corner side-by-side side still, uh, they were drag racing down to the line. Warren got a little bit of a better run down the straightaway and was able to reach the checkered flag first by a mere 14 thousandths of a second ahead of him. Wow. wow. First and foremost, here's my, my comment. Two guys break away. What the hell are they doing racing at the end? They should have been sticking with each other. It sounds like it was a two-driver breakaway. If they wouldn't have been racing, it would have been down to just Cruz and Warren. Is that, you think that would be the case? or? Yeah, I think I don't know. I'm trying to remember exactly how it unfolded. I don't know if because Cruz led the majority of the laps and it looked like Warren was like, OK, I want to go now. And, and I think Cruz kind of fought with him on, yeah. the, on trying to take over the top spot. And uh, again, you know, once you provide an opportunity for Gary Lawson to run you down. <laughs> right. I mean, he's going to do it. He was yeah. he, I mean, it's not like it was a big gap. I mean, you're talking, you know, maybe 50 feet. So it wasn't a lot, a lot of room that yep. uh, that they had okay. established over Gary. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it wasn't a three second advantage. That's for sure. But drag uh, race, you know, drag race. The lines flipping cool to hear, though. That's awesome. Fourteen thousandths of a second. We didn't ask talk about it in the um, in in talk about the layout itself, David. How was that final corner? Isn't it? It's kind of that the it's the, the, like a compression coming through there. Right. How was that as the, as the like a kind of a final hairpin? Right. Because they you said they weren't they didn't use the, the Monza. Right. Well, we didn't use the Monza. We we've used the cut through before, so it I know was, that but it was coming from, back. Yeah, from scoreboard to the cutoff. Yeah, it was how was that? A, a faster run, 
you, again, because of the banking, the way that the, that the corner is laid out, you, yeah. mean, you can go through there really quick. But again, you know, you get a little a little bump in the bumper. You might you might drift a little wide and be yeah. able somebody will be able to get under you uh, as you come up back onto the onto the final straight. So it it kind of it's almost like a Bristol kind of turn. Yeah, uh, kind of exactly. reminded me of that. Uh, I think I think it's it's more interesting than an I-70 corner okay. I re- because I think you go through a lot, especially in the Briggs, you're going through there a lot quicker uh, than you would I-70. So I I. I, I like the corner. It makes it for, uh, you know, you don't have to defend because if you defend, you might drift out a little bit too wide and somebody exactly. might be able to pull the uh, the under on you. So Warren wins by 14,000th loss in second. How the rest of the top five look? Yeah, Jars the Crack was right there. Wasn't really sure which direction he wanted to go. He's kind of boxed in on the outside because Cruz was right there. But once he cleared Cruz, he kind of went back and forth. Not really sure which direction to go. Couldn't quite make it a three-wide uh, run at the line, so kind of duck tucked in there behind Warren. Not really sure how much Jarza Crack's bump helped Warren. It looked like Warren just had a little bit more of a momentum thing going on. Uh, so Cruz ended up finishing a close fourth with uh, Cole Nelson on the Invader. Ended up winning the battle for fifth. Nice. Good job for Cole. Uh, 63 entries in senior medium. We'll move to senior light right now. 52 in total. And, and Dave, it looks like uh, Jarsakrak and War, both those guys pretty quick in that category as well. Jarsakrak with the fastest lap in qualifying. Yeah, fastest lap in qualifying. Again, not quite sure what happened in the heat races. Uh, Corey Tolls ended up winning the opening heat race while Logan Adams ended up uh, scoring the victory in the second uh, that one was on a wet racetrack. The first one was in the rain. Not quite sure exactly how much rain was going on. Again, trying to race and work was, <laughs> I can't exactly remember everything. Exactly. Uh, you're, you're racing at the same time. But uh, the main the main point was is is, uh, is Logan Adams ended up winning the, uh, the pole position for the main event uh, after heat points were calculated. Corey Tolls on the outside of the front row. Brandon Jarzakrak starting in third alongside Colin Warren. Uh, with Eli Fox and Ian Quinn starting it from row three. The interesting part about the senior light main event, uh, and you can see the video up on Facebook, you can see it on Instagram. (laughs) Essentially, as the carts were getting put onto the front stretch, a little bit of a rain shower decided to dampen up the racetrack as it was already dry from the race before them. So, uh, it was, uh, it was a bit of, of a chaotic scene, uh, for the, uh, for a three minute period of drivers deciding, do we stay with the dry tires or do we go to wets? And, and those that went to the wet tires certainly made the, uh, the right call as, okay. uh, the rains, uh, the rain was came down just enough to really kind of dampen the racetrack. Yeah. And then as we would see later in the race, a heavy rain began to fall with a couple laps remaining. So how did it all shake down? Who, uh, who was the big dog in this one? Uh, so actually tolls kept dry tires on, Uh-oh. unfortunately for him, that put him towards the back, back, back of the field. And I think he eventually pulled off, not, uh, not able to, uh, sustain any kind of grip out there on the damp racetrack. Uh, that allowed at the start, Jarzakrak was able to jump away and get out to a really solid lead, uh, over Colin Warren had probably about three seconds over Colin as they, uh, uh, about the midway point and nearing the end. Unfortunately, as we said, heavy rains came down in the final laps. So that uh, was really a deciding factor in the way the race ran because the Jarzakrak didn't have 
uh, air filter cover on his engine. No. All, majority of the other drivers did. So as oh. Charger Crack had a solid lead, started hearing the engine cut out and, and wouldn't run and really lost that advantage. Colin Warren was able to uh, take away the lead, uh, I believe, prior to the white flag. And then Charger Crack essentially limped around uh, on the final circuit, uh, trying to keep water from uh, from soaking in onto the uh, the air filter. So uh, essentially, Warren was able to uh, to thank the rain gods for uh, for their their dumping onto the racetrack, <laughs> as he was able to power away to a seven second advantage in the final couple of laps to score uh, a back to back victory as the defending race winner. What we see for the rest of the podium. Uh, Jars Crack was able to hold on to the fourth position as Micah Hendricks was able to drive up into the second position. Uh, Dylan Amudson finished in third with Jordan Burnlor at up to the fifth spot. Yeah, Micah Hendricks coming from that hotbed of rain racing, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. It's <laughs> good, good, good for him. That's pretty solid. I don't think they get a lot of rain racing in Phoenix. No, I think he does do some in Southern California whenever it rains well, there. It hardly so, rains uh, there either. Come on, let's be real. <laughs> good, good for hey, him though. That's awesome. Yeah, no, he. He certainly had a, a quick package in the in the wet weather, which was, as you said, kind of unique. But yeah. uh, you know, Micah Hendricks can wheel it. You know, yeah, we know that shifters to yeah. you know. I think you know, anytime you drive a shifter and you go into a Briggs, you can pretty much handle anything. Yeah, Mike is definitely a, a great shoe, and like you said, can handle anything. That's a good good one for Warren back to back there. Um, senior heavy, David, forty one entries. And again, we talked about this in, in the outlap preview. Medium's that middle ground, so the heavy guys can get down to medium. The light guys can get up to medium. That all works well. 41 in total in the senior heavy class. Uh, give me the rundown uh, of how things shook out in that category. Uh, late entry was Gary Lawson. Only entered in medium when we talked about him in the Outlap Preview yep. podcast. Was a uh, at-track decision to race the senior heavy division in which he won uh, last year. Uh, but was upset in qualifying. Jeff Shaw shocking the uh, the paddock with a uh, fast time in qualifying with a 118.780 to edge out Gary Lawson for fast time. Uh, the opening heat race was in the dry. That's where Lawson kind of put down the uh, the stamp of, hey, I'm the defending champion. Let me, uh, let me show the way and was able to score the victory. Uh, second heat race was again Lawson. This time it was in the wet. Uh, which uh, provided a little bit of drama and some some fireworks. Uh, finishing fourth there was Eric Fagan, though. Uh, actually qualified last, uh, fought his way up through the opening heat race, not quite sure where he finished there, but ended up finishing in fourth in the second. And that moved him up, as we talked about when you calculated the points, yeah. uh, to put him fifth okay. uh, on the main event grid. Uh, as Lawson and Aaron Lloyd filled out the front row, Shaw starting third alongside uh, Clay Settles with Fagan and A.J. Roderick filling up the third row. Unfortunately for Fagan, a clutch issue as he was leaving the grid uh, uh, forced him to pull off and oh. was unable to complete. So that Ouch. would have made things a little bit interesting. What did make things interesting was tire choice. A handful of drivers actually gambled with dry tires because, again, it was just a bit of a damp uh, racetrack. The Legends category had just finished up their main event, and Senior Heavy was next in the order. Okay. So a handful of drivers actually gambled with dry tires. Again, it was 
something that was throughout the weekend when the track was drying it didn't dry up fast so it yeah. kind of was a questionable okay do we go stay with rains or do we go to dries uh, and we'll get into the other category where it really dried up really fast that'll be uh after the commercial break <laughs> um uh that'll, so, be you, that'll be you making excuses for what happened down there there you go so uh so a handful of drivers actually gambled with dry tires one of them being adam maxwell adam right. maxwell started in the 11th position uh and just was uh able to hold on for the first couple of laps by yeah. lap three that's when it was like okay dry tires was the right decision because oh, the track you dry. Knew wow you knew that quick into the into the race Oh man, you could. Well, again, you're watching lap times and you're yeah. watching the way drivers progress. Yeah, I think Maxwell got up to eighth in the opening lap, was able to hold on, hold on. Lawson, meanwhile, up front was able to get away. I think to let me see, I want to, yeah, it was almost a four second advantage by the time Adam Maxwell got into the second position. But because the lap times were so much quicker on the dry tires, it only took him two to three laps to be able to close wow. up to Lawson. And then from there, once around Lawson, just drove away to a 12-second uh, a margin of victory to score Ooh. the victory. Yeah, that's always a tough thing, right? You know, you, At the very top of the show, we said, if it's going to rain, rain. The minute it's this back-and-forth thing, which we've seen before happen uh, at the Grand Nationals, it's, it's man, it's just, just such a crapshoot sometimes. Good call. For the uh, the Amex crew to put uh, Adam on the drives, that's that's big. Good for him. Yeah, Matt Lida was another one. Started twelfth, so right along, right next to uh, to Adam Maxwell on the grid. He went to dry tires and was able to uh, to drive up into the second spot as Lawson basically held on with the, with his rain tires into the third position. Jacob Duval nearly was able to close up to Lawson in the closing laps. He was also another driver that uh, was on. Uh, uh, dry tires. He ended up going from 13th to fourth. And then Mike Smith uh, started. I don't let me double check that. Hold on. I got to double check that. That's fine. Uh, uh, yeah, he did start. He started 16th, was on the wet tires, uh, was able to move up really quickly, uh, you know, move up big early yep. on, and then essentially hang on with the rain tires to finish. Oh, okay, man. So, well, good shot for uh, for Adam Maxwell with a win there. Um, yeah, all total, a couple of wins there. For We said to start things off for Colin Warren, Adam Maxwell winning in that uh, senior heavy class. We get back, we'll talk about the older guys. We'll go Masters and Legends after this quick break. Le Mans, Daytona, Sebring. The most legendary endurance races in the world where man and machine push the limits of physics in an attempt to beat their competition and the clock. Are you ready to take on this challenge yourself? Well, the SimCraft 24 Hours of NOLA karting event returns for 2021 with USAC Karting. And this year, the event will tackle the popular and challenging NOLA Motorsports in New Orleans, Louisiana. This year's event will take place on December 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. With the field already exploding after the 2020 edition, there are only four entry spots remaining for the field of 50. It's going to be an exciting event with factory and dealer-supported entries from CRG, TV Cart, Praga Cart, Margay, Mac Minarelli, Borel Art, and Tony Cart. Don't miss your chance to race in the biggest 24-hour kart race in the Americas. To register your team, head to 24hrsofnola.com 
to find the rules and event schedule. Motor mounts are critical to producing 100% of the power your engine has to get you on the podium each and every time. Odenthal Racing Products provide the best motor mounts in the karting market today. Odenthal Racing Products is a family-owned and operated business with decades of karting experience, providing products with unmatched quality and value for the karting market. Our newest product is the Pro Series mount for two-cycle engines, available in 0, 5, and 8-degree angles, providing a rigid structure to help keep vibration to a medium with fins underneath to help dissipate heat off the engine. Our four-cycle EZ set is one of the most popular mounts for the Briggs & Stratton 206 power plant. Multiple mounting holes provide the most adjustability, depending on your chassis and seat placement. To ensure a tight fit to your chassis, ORP wedge clamps get the job done, featuring a number of updates to its design for a lower profile and lighter weight. The clamps are available from 28mm to 32mm in both standard and Euro sizes. Head to OdenthalRacing.com and find a dealer near you. Odenthal Racing Products, made in the USA. Back at it here with a new edition of the EKN Debrief, our race report podcast of the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals 5 at Newcastle Motorsports Park on the opening weekend of October. This race report brought to you by Cart Sport North America. David, let's jump into your category, the Masters Class, 47 entries in total. I don't want to talk. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, no, it was good. It was a it was a very competitive field. I mean, probably anybody in the top twenty could have could have won this because I didn't qualify in the top twenty. So, uh, so anybody above me certainly had a chance to win this. Uh, qualifying again. Uh, the, again, I I didn't think this lap time was possible. Michael Dittmer was able to put it down a, a one nineteen point zero five zero to secure the fast time in the qualifying session with my teammate, my CRG teammate, Ryan Spears, Sporowski, uh, ended up in the second position, Jacob Noir in third, Mike Smith from Cal speed in fourth and Tim shut an actual, uh, legends driver legends doing guy. double duty yeah. in the fifth spot. So that, uh, shut was pretty impressive doing the double duty all weekend, uh, full wet, complete downpour in our opening heat race. Uh, we'll have the video up on EKN YouTube here later this week. Look forward uh, to seeing that. It was a fun one. It was certainly because, again, it was full on wet. And uh, it was a there was a lot of spray throughout that race. But mm -hmm. uh, Dittmer was able to hold control uh, the, uh, the, the opening heat race. Uh, Eric Fagan, again, kind of the same, similar, had, had to change engines, started last in the opening heat race. He actually passed me on the last lap. Uh, to finish, I want to say it was 16th in the opening heat race from dead last. And then in the second uh, heat race, which was dry, a drying track, so everybody was on dry tires, moved up from 16th to finish first in just 10 laps. So wow. uh, amazing drive for Fagan. He actually ended up starting in the fourth position with Jamie Bradford earning the, uh, the pole position after finishing fourth and second over the two heat races that put Michael Dittmer into the second spot on the outside of the pole, uh, for the main event. Uh, this one, uh, was all Fagan. Fagan was able to jump out to the lead. Uh, again, tr uh, actually, I guess I got to talk about it. Don't I, uh, the way the yep. track, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's set up what let's set up what happened in the track and how what the situation was like. You don't need to talk about the, the call you made. No, no, no. So, <laughs> I, well, let's see. So we talked about what the downpour came in senior light, correct? Yeah. So there was a big heavy downpour. The next race in the order was kid cart, which certainly wasn't going to dry up the racetrack. And then junior was the next race. Uh, in the order before masters and the, even the junior carts were all, everybody was all on wet tires. Okay. And for somehow, for some reason at the end of the junior race, the sun came out and decided to heat up the racetrack and the humidity level just soared right up and just sucked up all the moisture off the racetrack. So nearly everybody, the majority of the, the large majority of the field made the quick, uh, change while again on the front stretch or some even in the, uh, in the pre-grid area to dry tires. Um, Fagan actually, what did I say? Fagan started fourth, was into the lead by the opening lap and essentially led wire to wire. Unfortunately, came in underweight at the scales. So essentially took away the uh, the victory for him. That, uh, that put Michael Dittmer, who was sitting there in second the entire race, to uh, the top of the podium, winning by 1.7 seconds. Uh, over Newcastle Motorsports regular Steve Knight, uh, Jacob Neary in the third position with uh, Matthew Grunholtz in the fourth Grunholtz. position, yep. Yep. Uh, and then Ryan Sprowski in fifth, so uh, a CRG in the top five. So you're saying that the cart was good enough to get to the top five? The cart was, yes. <laughs> there is no uh, doubt about it, Rob. The, again, uh, uh, we had another top five cart that did not finish in the top five. Did you, all right, you know what? Did you have <laughs> did you have fun? I'm not even gonna say it. I don't want to beat on you. Did you have fun? Hashtag I beat Mike Smith. All right, all right. <laughs> I get that. That, get that was that. The, that was the main concern. No, right. again, you know, it I didn't trust myself on a on a drying track with 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 dry tires. I thought starting dead last it was gonna be chaotic at the start, and it kind of was. So probably by lap three. You know, rain tires was a good selection, and then after that, everything went to. Did you start dead last in the, in the main? Yes, we had to start dead last due oh, to yeah, change uh, motor, right? Engine change after heat two. Uh, we had some <laughs> issues with uh, the uh, the engine in heat two, so uh, yeah, I had to start dead last. Otherwise, right. it, it was actually a good omen because otherwise, I would have had to start next to Mike Smith, and Mike Smith got taken out on the opening lap, so I ah. probably would have been in that chaos, and so. I probably wouldn't have finished this race, but this one, I finished the race. I didn't get lapped. All right. I held, I, I got to experience what it's like to drive rain tires on a dry track. It's <laughs> yeah. not very fun. No, it's not. No, <laughs> but, it's not. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, listen, let's, let's, let's move on to the 50 guys that are 50 and up. Let's go to the legends category. Uh, 38 entries in total. You already talked about the fact that Tim shut and qualified fifth in the master's class, obviously jumping into that, uh, the legends class at 15 over Tim, who I believe was a CKNA South champion. Am I, am I correct in that? No, uh, spring no? nationals winner, spring nationals winner. Yep. He ends up with a, with a, with a pretty quick lap time of one nineteen four Oh two. Yeah. He was essentially the driver to beat in legends. He was there. Um, Phil Pignatero was another, unfortunately he had some issues in qualifying to where he got something stuck in the, in the jet. Uh, ended up yeah. qualifying and I want to say like 13th or 15th. So he actually had to work his way forward up through the heat races. The opening heat race was in dry weather or wet weather, actually, because uh, 
No, it was dry weather actually for them because they were second in the order. Uh, Tim was able to drive to the win with uh, Todd Barron in second. The second heat race was in the wet with Shutt still leading the way ahead of Barron. So those two filled up the front row for the main event. Uh, Barron jumped out to the lead. Again, a wet race or damp racetrack, not a very wet racetrack, but everybody on rain tires. Okay. Yep. Uh, Barron jumped out to the lead. Uh, Shut fell back a little bit, but was able to close up. And as he did, they actually caught some lap traffic that were on dry tires, which I'm not quite sure why this guy was still out there on dry tires because he was about 10 seconds a lap too slow. Uh, Baron actually slammed the guy in the back bumper, which spun him around. And that, uh, that made Tim Shut actually have to drive off the racetrack to avoid hitting him. That was just prior to the uh, the green corner at, at that little kink uh, that is a, a pretty quick kink in in both Briggs and the shifters and everything else. So shut lost that gap that or lost that um, rear bumper position that he was on. Yeah. Uh, Baron had to drive back up to the bumper, but just wasn't quite uh, able to do that in the closing laps. And that allowed Todd, Todd Baron to go on to score the victory. So what was the remainder of the top five? Line it up for us. Uh, Tim Shutt finished second again, just not enough time to, uh, to make a battle for the victory. Uh, finishing in third was James Insco. Insco. Yeah. That's, I think what I'd that's say. how you say that name with, uh, Joe Senna able to get by Jerry Miller, uh, in the closing laps for the fourth position. Good stuff. All right, folks, we're going to wrap things up here with the race report after this break. We'll tell you about junior sportsman and kid cart. Leading Edge Motorsports is the industry answer to winning in karting. At the helm is industry veteran Greg Bell, who has orchestrated the success of many drivers dating back to the mid-1990s. Based in Lodi, California, Leading Edge Motorsports is the Western importer with IP karting that includes the Praga and Formula K chassis brands. Leading Edge Motorsports provides in-depth driver development for those racers in Northern California and across the country. Arrive and Drive Services, Cart preparation and driver coaching are available under the LEM tent throughout the season. Bell's record of working with drivers includes recent victories at North America's biggest karting events, including the Rock the Rio and the Scusa Super Nationals. Greg Bell's knowledge for building engines spans two decades and is now under the Mega Power branding, providing reliable engine service and tuning knowledge. No matter the chassis brand, choose Mega Power to get to the front. Click over to LeadingEdgeMotorsports.com for more and find them on social media to stay connected. At Leading Edge Motorsports, winning never gets old. Made in the USA. That's exactly what you get from Precision Karting Technologies. Based in Detroit, Michigan, PKT brings over 35 years of manufacturing experience to the sport of karting. Their passion for the sport began focusing around the kid kart platform and has expanded every year with hundreds of products designed to put you on the podium. Precision Karting Technologies is known around North America for their successful line of axles available in all age groups. PKT manufactures a number of engine products for Comer, IAMI, Rock, Rotax, and the popular Briggs & Stratton 206. A wide variety of chassis components for the many brands in the sport are available through PKT, including hubs, pedal risers, skid plates, and other hardware for your cart. 
Axle straightening, chassis adjustments, engine service, and specific CNC machining projects are available through their Motor City headquarters. To learn more about the many products and services available from Precision Karting Technologies, head to pktaxles.com. Back in the EKN studio for another edition of the EKN Debrief. We're wrapping up the CKNA Grand Nationals 5 from Newcastle Motorsports Park. This edition of the Race Report brought to you by Cartsport North America. I'm Rob Howden, joined by David Cole, who was trackside, both uh, covering the event and racing as well. Uh, David, let's jump into Junior Sportsman and Kid Kart to cap off the Race Report. 62 entries in Junior, uh, one of the probably biggest sprint karting events for junior drivers in the country this year. Yeah, and a lot of familiar names that we saw that we see throughout the uh, the country racing in uh, in the junior divisions uh, were in this field, including Austin Jers, a uh, Scuzi Pro Tour race winner in 2021. He was able to set fast time in qualifying with a 118.149. Uh, Parker DeLong in second with James Overbeck in third, Ben Mayer in fourth, and then Kale Zimmerman, one of the top Briggs junior racers in the country in the fifth spot. Uh, come to heat races, it ended up being Overback scoring two wins in his two heat races uh, with Ben Mayer and Bacon Zelenka uh, earning the other victory. So uh, the two wins gave Overback the pole position for the main event with Zelenka in the uh, outside pole position. Ben Mayer and Spencer Conrad in the nitro carts, they ended up filling up row two with Austin Jers and uh, what's Henry Wheeler. Uh, in row three okay. uh, main event time. It was all overback overback wow. was able to get out to a solid lead. Again, a damp track okay, on rain ask. tires. Okay. Damp. So a damp track on rain tires. Yes. They were the race before us in okay. the masters category. So oh, all right. Yep. Uh, again, it, so it dry, you know, again, damp track drying out, drying out. Um, yeah. Overback essentially ran away with it, got out to a good lead early on and was never challenged uh, throughout the 15 laps to end oh. up pulling out to a nine second victory to score his first Grand Nationals title. Uh, Spencer Conrad coming home in second, Austin Jers in third. But your notes tell me here that uh, a half spin for 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 Conrad. Yeah, he was uh, <laughs> Jers got up into the second position. Yep. Conrad was trying to uh, to get around him at green corner got a little bit sideways uh during the pass attempt actually fell back to i want to say the sixth position Ooh. uh i think this was around lap three or four uh but from there i was able to put down fast laps of the race to drive his way back up into the second position ahead of jurors with ben Mayer finishing in fourth and then addison ionello uh ended up winning the uh the battle for fifth uh, interesting little side note sure. on Spencer awesome. Conrad. Yeah. Uh, we made some bets there over the weekend. <laughs> I, uh, I told him if he won, he could shave my head. Wow. Uh, so I, I got, I got lucky there that James Overback was very dominant in that race. Yeah. That would have been, that would have been different. And, and then I told him, I said, if I finish in the top 15, I could shave off his hair. So, uh, he got really lucky. I, I, uh, I went to wet tires instead of dry tires. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's just an interesting bet to have with a junior driver, David. Good for you. Well, you know, he's got that good mullet going. I thought it would be fun. I didn't even know where he was because I was I was bugging him like, hey, when do I get to shave that? And he goes, no, I want to shave your head. And I said, well, all right, well, then you should win. And he didn't. So, 
<laughs> well, there you go. He dodged a bullet, gets to keep the mullet. And uh, but shout out to uh, Addison Ionello as well. Good for her uh, to get herself into the top five there in a, in a stacked class of seven, uh, 62 drivers. Um, again, 62 there. We're going to graduate more sportsmen up into that class next year. Sportsmen, again, David, you mentioned, like you said, in junior a lot of the names we see running in other programs as well. 53 in total. And a kid we've watched do a lot of racing, cadet racing this year. A lot of winning, a lot of podium finishes. Keelan Harvick out of the gate with uh, with a pole position during qualifying. Yeah, it was the Keelan Harvick show in the, uh, in the sportsman class as he was able to win both his heat races after setting fast time in qualifying. Uh, Caleb Tarter. And was it the other driver to win both of his heat races? So okay. we actually had two drivers win both heat races. Uh, so they ended up filling up the front row for the main event with Isaac Malcutt in the third position. Uh, Payton, uh, I, I, I say Phaeton, 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 Seratapon, uh, were in row two with uh, Wes Gundler and reagan seville from texas in row three ended up being a four driver breakaway in the main event uh that included uh harvick tartar malka and seretapon uh they were able to kind of break away from the rest of the field harvick led uh the majority of the race and was challenged only until wasn't challenged until uh the last lap with seretapon uh putting on the uh the pressure uh, a little bit of an over-under uh, at the scoreboard corner. And then once again in the final corner, setting up for a great drag race to the uh, checkered flag. At the line, it was Kevin Harvick scoring the uh, the victory over Serapon uh, by 93 thousandths of a second. That sounded like Colin Warren and Gary Lawson, but uh, a little younger, <laughs> right? Same, <laughs> same, same kind of deal? Yeah, same kind of deal. Again, the over-under, again, you get a good run out of scoreboard. You're yeah. going to pull up alongside, get a good run out of the final corner, and then you pull up alongside again. Again, neither had a, uh, a, a drafting partner this time, yeah. so it was uh, driver versus driver. Well, well done for Keelan for the win. Surround upon in second, Caleb Tarter third, Isaac Malkin fourth, and as David said, uh, Jaeger, uh, Cade Jaeger rounding out the top five. Uh, David, kid carts, we said at the very start, when we looked at the numbers, uh, a, a good feel for kid carts. And I like seeing this. Is, we talked about this in the Outlap preview. This is going to be is going to become potentially one of these big kid cart races that they can come to and really kind of get themselves some time in the uh, in the spotlight. 18 entries in total. Tyson Underwood qualifying on the pole. And, and those of you who maybe weren't there. They run a. They don't run the full racetrack, right? They run a smaller racetrack using the, the, the primary early corners. Yeah, they go one, two, and then inserting instead of turning right at turn three, they do the cut through at turn three to go back to scoreboard corner. They'll go through scoreboard corner and then utilize the actual Monza corner yep. and then along with the cut through to come back to the start finish line. So uh, very uh, the same layout as what they've they've run there the last two years. And I want to say that's the same layout they've run all five of the uh, Grand Nationals. So uh um, again, yeah, it keeps everybody, keeps all the drivers within a visibility of the, uh, of the paddock and then the front stretch for all the parents to be able to watch and, and see, uh, what their kids are doing, uh, on track. It was actually Tyson Underwood that set fast time in qualifying and he was the driver to beat, uh, winning both heat races. Uh, I want to say in the wet weather conditions. Uh, so certainly another Arizona driver who was good in the wet weather conditions, 
Maybe it's the sand there. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, so yeah, Underwood earning uh, both the races and the or both wins in the heat races put him on pole position uh, for the main event. Uh, before they got the green flag, it was Camden Clay who was supposed to start start 11th, stalled on the pace lap, and then uh, was sitting there waiting for corner worker to finally get him refired. And uh, once refired, he was able to rejoin the field. Uh, Underwood led until about a half spin coming out of the scoreboard corner, slowed his momentum. That drops him down the order, I want to say, to about six spot. That allowed Austin Taylor of Indiana to uh, take over the lead. And he led until Camden Clay, again, starting from 11th, nearly missed the main event because his engine stalled, uh, charged up through the field, was able to take over the top position and then drive away with the lead to a 4.7 advantage to take the uh, Grand Nationals victory. Solid stuff for sure. Good wrap-up of what happened in the kid cart category. One more break. When we get back, we'll jump into the wrap-up section, folks. We'll, then we'll have a look at the EKN trackside live race calendar to let you know where we'll be for the remainder of the 2021 season. Stay with us. More to come. In Colorado, the place to go for carts and parts and everything else you need to go racing is Forward Direction Motorsports. It's Colorado's premier karting company. Owned and operated by veteran carter Greg Welch, Forward Direction Motorsports is located in Centennial, Colorado. FDM has been developed to provide customer service and product sales at all levels and in both in-person and online. We're a brick and mortar shop that serves as the hub for karting in Colorado. And we're a gateway to new racers who can come in and learn about the sport. We also have an online store and can ship all over the country. We can also service all makes and models of engines and carts. Whatever you race, we can take care of you. Forward Direction Motorsports is a comp cart dealer, an authorized Rotax service center, and we can fully support all Briggs 206 racers. We support local karting 100%, and we also have a race team that takes our customers to major regional and national events on the West Coast. From cart prep and coaching to full arrive and drive packages, we offer something for everyone. You don't have to live in Colorado to experience Full Direction Motorsports' vast experience or dedication to customer service. Our online store continues to expand its inventory, and the products you need are just a mouse click away. Head to fdmcarting.com the next time you need parts and equipment fast. We ship daily. Shop online or come to the store to check out our inventory and visit our service department. Head to fdmcarting.com to learn more about our products and services, Call us direct at 720-323-3650. Powered by technology, DID Racing Chains have a worldwide reputation for superior quality and reliability. Meticulously engineered and manufactured in Japan, DID Genuine Parts are the world's number one original parts supplier for Japanese and European motorcycle manufacturers. A rich racing tradition where results speak for themselves, DID prides itself on engineering the most technologically advanced chains on the market to help you excel on and off the track. DID's SDH pin treatment creates an extremely hard chromium carbide layer on the pin surface that houses a soft inner core to absorb extreme shock loads. 
DID's 219 HTZ racing chain boasts this SDH pin technology, which leads to longer chain life, as well as excellent energy transmission to the wheels. Available in the gorgeous gold, the 219 HTZ is the ultimate racing kart chain. Pick up a DID chain at your local dealer today, because when winning is the only thing that matters, go with DID. Welcome back to the final segment of our EKN debrief, number 85, as we talk about the CKNA Grand Nationals. Let's wrap things up, David, with the Constructors' Championship. Uh, it looks like seven different brands scoring race wins. Yeah, seven different brands over the eight categories. Again, the only one to double up because it was the same driver and Colin Warren was VLR. So they were the only chassis to score two victories on the weekend. Uh, deadly Cart. Again, not be. I don't uh, think it's deadly. even being made anymore. Uh, with Todd Barron scoring the uh, victory in Legends, the Evo with uh, Adam Maxwell scoring victory in Senior Heavy, uh, Eagle Cart with Michael Dittmer in the Masters Division, Nitro Cart with Keelan Harvick in Sportsman, Top Cart in Kid Cart with uh, Camden Clay, and then Tony Cart with James Overbeck scoring that win. That's got to be the biggest spectrum of, of of the fact like just one win we've seen in a long time in any one of our debriefs dude that's normally it's you know we, we lean in one direction somebody has five or six wins whatever it may be that's a pretty good spread uh, a spread of different chassis that's awesome yeah two american made you have one made in australia yeah. <laughs> um couple made in uh italy and then the nitro cart uh you know or a few yeah. made in evo top cart and tony cart yeah, yeah. Right, good stuff all right let's have a look at um one of the cool things, obviously, Dave's six drivers getting their first career CKNA Grand Nationals. You know, there's obviously a lot of a lot of big guns we see up front. You go to a Rock Island, some of these races, Quincy, you're going to see a lot of people that are, that log wins, right? That they're they're constant guys there. It's cool to see six guys winning their first ever victories at the Grand Nationals. Well, I think that just goes to show the the level of competition that's at this event. I mean, you talk about. You know, former winners, you know, Gary Lawson and Mike Welch, um, uh, some of the other junior drivers uh, not able to to come back and repeat. That just kind of shows you the uh, the level of competition that's at this event. How about uh, Colin Warren? Is this his kind of private private playground right now or what? Well, yeah, you just said it how, you know, kind of Rock Island, you're able to, you know, kind of rack up the victories. Well, he's been able to do that. Uh, uh, racing since the beginning, since the uh, the first Grand Nationals back in uh, 2017, it was actually that year they actually had two main events. So, so some drivers were able to double up, such as Colin Warren did in Medium Open, winning both uh, both main events that year, and then again in 2018. Yep. But he's also been able to go back to back in Senior Light, so he's got two wins this this year and last year. And this was his second time winning in the medium category as he won the second main event back in 2017. So he's able to uh, add a second with his win this past weekend. Yeah, good for him. Uh, hey, let, let, obviously some of the talk. Uh, what are your thoughts in terms of what what, is, what are Greg Jasperson and, and Steve Vermeer thinking? What's the goal for 2022? I know that when I was there, I remember we talked to Steve and we're saying, hey, yeah, you know, maybe there's a possibility of getting that 300 or 350. And Steve was like, look away down the line. What are they thinking about for 2022? Yeah, I talked to him Sunday night, uh, Vermeer, and he said, yeah, 500 is the number now. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, when, when you, when you factor in that you can easily get about a hundred Canadian drivers coming down, uh, to this event because, uh, you know, it's, again, the Briggs and Stratton platform is so huge, yeah. uh, in your home country that, uh, a lot of those drivers are willing and able to, uh, once the border opens up, that is to, uh, to come down and race this event, you know, as something we saw in 2019 was the, uh, the number of Canadians that were here racing. Uh, again, most of them based in Ontario, but I think you're, you'll be able to get a lot of West Coast, you know, from, you know, British Columbia and Alberta and all the different uh, provinces that uh, Briggs and Stratton is so popular in. Yeah. First and foremost, the hotbed of Ontario, right? Uh, in Newcastle, maybe about eight hours away from Toronto. So really, it's a one day drive. You know, to, to be real, and you're right. There, there's a lot of great brigs in the east, great brigs in the west. Guys can come in. They can do some arrive and drives. They can haul out, whatever it may be. But yeah, 500 for 2022. What a weekend! That'd be amazing, one, wouldn't it? That'd yeah. A, wow. One one more thing that I that I added as we were were talking, and I forgot yeah. to put in the script. Um, you know, we kind of talked about it in the preview outlet preview podcast. Uh, Michael Dittmer, the only driver to pull off the triple crown in 2021, he was able to win at the spring nationals, score the division champion, and then win the grand nationals in the masters category. So the only driver to do that in 2021 was Michael Dittmer. Wow. Good for Michael. That's fantastic. Which, you know, now with the, the way the schedule is next year, you almost want to think that winter nationals, spring nationals, and the grand nationals will now kind of be like the, uh, the CKNA triple crown almost. Yeah, you're right. I agree. That's amazing. Uh, all right, folks, let's, let's wrap things up. We'll go to the EK and Trackside Live race calendar uh, presented today by Trinity Karting Group. Trinity Karting Group is your first step on the ladder to success. Based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, they literally have a track in their backyard and a controlled environment to develop your skills. Trinity Karting Group flattens out the steep learning curve with a professional staff that will put you on the right path. The focus is driver development and they compete at the local, regional, and national levels. They have new and used packages available, and they are your Midwest source for Cart Republic chassis and IAMI engines. Visit them at teamtkg.com or call 513-421-4463. All right, David, let's wrap things up here, bud. Two more races. Really, that's all that's left on our schedule over the, you know, the next three months, essentially. Uh, October 15th, 16th, 17th, the United States Pro Kart Series finale. You're heading back to GoPro Motorplex. There's nothing wrong with going back to Mooresville, North Carolina. It's yep. the Race City, USA. It's uh, the site of the USPKS finale. was there last year. We saw amazing racing last year, and you know we hope to see record numbers once again this year and uh, decide all seven of the championships uh, for 2021. And then, folks, we wrap it all up. We missed it last year. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back to it because it's my favorite race of the year. Back December 1st to the 5th. Uh, I had to move it a bit because of the World Series of Poker at the Rio All Suite Hotel and Casino. But the Supercarts USA Super Nationals back for uh, edition number 24. Heading back to Las Vegas, back at the Rio. Uh, <clears throat> can't wait for Super Sunday. Oh, just just the week of being in Vegas. Right. It's gonna be it's gonna be great to be back, and then it's gonna be very unique because we've never been there in December. So uh, mm -hmm. it's it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be different. It's gonna it's gonna feel great. To, it's just gonna have all different mix of emotions really yeah, uh, throughout the week, and and then as you said, yeah, just just to be able to be back at Super Sunday. You know, that's 
you kind of get you you almost get that feeling there at CKNA Grand Nationals of, of Sunday is the day. That's yeah. this is what we've built all this up for, and then now we go to Supernats uh, in December now, and then get that same feeling uh, on Super Sunday. Looking forward to it for sure. Two more races still to go on the ECAN Trackside Live Tour presented by Cooper Tires. Big thank you to everybody at Cooper Tires for their support of eCardingNews.com and the karting community. Otherwise, we're done with this edition of the EKN Debrief. Those of you who were trackside at the CKNA Grand Nationals this past weekend, congrats on being part of something super special. Next year is going to be even bigger. Let's all cross our fingers. COVID has been really locked down by then. We can open up the borders, get the Canadians back down to go racing is this event has all the makings in, of becoming its own Supernationals, event that really has defined a couple of decades of racing. This event, the Supernats, going into its 24th edition. And to be able to have an event like that, I think, for grassroots racing. Supernats, of course, for guys, you know, that's that kind of top of the, the pyramid. Uh, but for grassroots racers who can roll in with their cart in the back of a pickup truck, this Grand Nationals really is that, uh, that foundation event. Uh, a part of a, a number of races like the Quincy Grand Prix, Rock Island, some of the races like that, which really have uh, been, you know, kind of stalwarts uh, of this uh, karting community here in North America. We do appreciate you joining us, folks. Thank you so much for tuning into the Can Radio Network. Make sure you like and follow all of our social media channels. But this is it for this podcast. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.